Gamecocks is brought to you by the Mason Jar New York City. The Mason Jar is the official Gamecock bar for the New York City area. Fans and alumni of USC can come by the jar for some great barbecue, cold drinks, and of course, to watch the Gamecocks in any sport, all while surrounded by South Carolina memorabilia. If you want to get a slice of game day in Columbia all while in the Big Apple, head to the Mason Jar on East 30th Street. All right, here we go. To episode 202 of Cox Talking Gamecocks, brought to you by the Mason Jar, New York City. I am your host, Tim Cox, where I will keep every episode from 1801 to 2001. And, you know, it's really, really hit me that college football is in that lull period where, yeah, we got the Army-Navy game, which is exciting. That's America's game. Always love that. But now we're just really in the dark days, literally dark days with the time change, and there's no real football to look forward to. You're sort of in that in-between between now and the holidays, and you're just neck deep in basketball. But it's really exciting, at least from a Carolina perspective, that we have a lot going on from the basketball perspective. It's a lot of fun. You got action almost, you know, you got action all the time, a couple times a week. We had double barrel on Wednesday night, going to get into all that. But yeah, point being, it's just I, I miss football a little bit. And it seems like everything you read about college football now is just this change, that change. It's not the same. It's like, yeah, I get it, but I still miss it. But, you know, there was no other sports in action this week. There's actually going to be no sports in action for a few weeks here. Um, but we do have updates from the football team actually related to. The transfer portal, I know it is everyone's favorite subject here. Starting with offensive lineman Grayson Maines, he entered the transfer portal, really saw limited action after arriving at Carolina, so probably looking for more playing time. And then a surprising one from the week here in Mario Anderson entered the portal. You know, this is an interesting one, and it could be a situation where you know he recently signed with an agent, which is commonplace now, where you sign with an agent to handle NIL deals, to basically facilitate them and whatnot. And there's speculation out there on the internet that this is a leverage play, that he signed with the agent. Agent probably said, well, you can go into the portal and try to leverage this to get a large NIL deal. That's just speculation. I don't know. I'm not close to it. I don't know Mario on a personal level at all. But the thinking is that maybe that means that the door is not closed with USC. But I wouldn't hold your breath. I don't think we've seen many examples of guys entering the transfer portal and Shane Beamer taking kindly to that and using that as a leverage play. He'll try to keep guys 
who are wavering, and he'll do everything he can to retain the talent on his team. But we have not seen – I can't think of any examples really of someone who put their name into the portal and then ultimately ended up coming back. It's been a deal where it's been rumored a la you know, Tonka and things like that. But nonetheless, Mario Anderson into the transfer portal, which you know leaves a big, big hole in the running back room. And that has to be a top priority in this transfer window, if you will here. But the big news from the week was actually the announcements from the Garnet Trust of guys who they signed to NIL deals to ensure them staying at South Carolina, which in my opinion, being able to retain the talent you have is the first battle that you have to win in this war zone that is the transfer portal, right? So I'm going to list off a bunch of guys. What this means is they signed some sort of agreement with the Garnet Trust that ensures that they will be back for next season. Starting with D-lineman TJ Sanders, defensive back Jalen Kilgore, D-lineman Boogie Huntley, quarterback slash wide receiver Luke Doty, D-lineman Tonka Hemingway, O-lineman Tree Babalade, linebacker Bam Martin Scott, tight end Josh Simon, and defensive back O'Donnell Fortune. Also, in a separate post, Debo Williams announced he's coming back. So, very exciting to see this core group of guys announce that they are coming back, especially on the defensive side. And, you know, first, I guess let me get ahead of this here. My bad. My bad for telling you all about O'Donnell and Tonka, that they were going to enter the portal. That was being widely reported at the time, but it just goes to show you that I am, in fact, not an insider. And it also shows you how fluid these situations can be. But it also speaks to how much more active the NIL collectives at South Carolina have been compared to this time last year. You know, last season, it wasn't maybe this huge exodus, but it felt like any time there was a rumor about someone leaving, they were gone. You know, you think of Marshawn Lloyd, who it seemed like things were all good. Next thing you know, he leaves. Jaheim Bell, we all know the deal with him. But a guy like Gilbert Edmond, like someone who doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, like what more are you trying to get? That could be an NIL play. You look at this year, and there are guys on the roster who are good and who would be targeted by other schools and other collectives. Look at a guy like TJ Sanders, a budding star like Jalen Kilgore. A guy like Bam Martin Scott hasn't played a whole ton came on late at the end of the year last year, he's staying. Josh Simon, he's a force to be reckoned with. He's going to be featured now. You could see another team going after him. So my point is it's working. And I don't want to get into a philosophical debate about NIL and all that jazz, but the donations that these collectives, particularly the Garnet Trust, are collecting, this is it. You know, it's like a, it's like a congressman saying, "These are your tax dollars at work. This is your donation dollars at work here, retaining this talent." Which there was a big donation match going on right now, and part of that match and part of that pledge was number one, retain the talent on the team, and then from there you can take it. So again, 
I'm not in any official or even an unofficial way associated with either collectives. But if it is something you're looking to donate to, it is working. The Garnet Trust, Carolina Rise, they have very comprehensive websites to answer all of your questions. They have one-time donations. They have low-cost monthly donations. But whatever floats your boat or if it's not your deal, no harm, no foul. But this is very, very exciting news on that front that, again, you have a core of players coming back. And it definitely hurts to lose a guy like Juice, Mitch Jeter, possibly Mario Anderson. But this core group of guys who has experience, have experience, excuse me, they have this experience in Carolina system. They're in the culture that Shane Beamer is building. And they will be able to continue to develop and produce for this team next year. You know, you don't want to be faced with roster turnover year after year, right? Like this huge exodus. So hopefully we're through the worst of guys leaving. And Beamer and his staff can focus on plugging the holes in the roster now with both guys that can produce pretty much from the word go but also guys who can provide depth and soon develop into the quality players. You know, some of the guys that we've announced that have left just even right now, like Grayson Maines, like he didn't play a whole lot. You, of course, want guys like that on your roster for depth and to grow into potential starters one day. But if you're able to replace them with maybe a guy who has similar experience, who fits the mold for what you're trying to do, like that's okay. Or maybe there's a guy who has a little bit of less eligibility left, isn't necessarily expecting to be a starter right away. You can bring that person in to be a quality backup for you. And then maybe next year and the year after that, they're contributing with a lot of plays. So it does offer an opportunity to improve in certain areas, but you don't want to have to do it too much. It's a it's a tightrope. I don't I don't envy these coaches this part of their job. I really don't. This is a it's a lot going on. But also, fun news from the team here. Uh, wide receiver Amarian Brown declared for the NFL draft. He was out of eligibility, I believe. So this was not a shock, but best of luck to AB and at the next level here. Now, turning the attention to basketball here. First, wanted to have a quick, serious note. The Gamecock community lost an icon this past week, Gamecock Jesus, a.k.a. Carlton Thompson, sadly passed away. He was a beloved figure in the Gamecock community and was a staple of energy and positivity in Colonial Life Arena, Colonial Life Arena, excuse me, for all the basketball games, and he will be missed. Looking at women's basketball here now, Wednesday night, the ladies cruised past Morgan State, 104 to 38. I mean, this was a deal that, you know, this game was never really in question, right? I mean, even going into the game, kind of knew how it was going to go. But after a couple of hard-fought games last week, the ladies absolutely rolled in this one. Don Staley tinkered with the starting lineup a little bit here. And even so, there's just really too many highlights to count. But a few standouts. Tessa Johnson with 16 points. Mylasia Fulwiley. 14 points and 6 assists, and Tahina Pow Pow with 12 points. Next game for the women is this Sunday afternoon. Big game. 
2.30 p.m. against Utah as part of the Hall of Fame Women's Showcase. Utah is currently ranked 11th and is 7-1 and on the year. I certainly feel that South Carolina is more battle-tested going into this one. When you look at Utah's schedule, their one loss is the only ranked opponent that they played. So they haven't really been pushed to the limits all that much. They haven't really been tested all that much. And then when you look at it on paper, you can kind of say, well, the only good team you played, you lost to. And you're about to play the best team in the country. So I don't know. (laughs) My crows to the game here is Cardozo needs to bring her A game. You know, she has been playing really well to start off this season and is our main post player. Utah has a forward that they will play through and brings a lot of their offense, their leading scorer. So Camilla has to play very well on both ends of the floor to slow that attack down. But it should be a fun one. I'm really looking forward to it. Sunday afternoon game, try and catch a W. That's a great way to end your weekend. Put your feet up, relax, watch that, get some football on the other channel, NFL, oh, That's a nice Sunday right there. Now looking at men's basketball here, again, this was the double barrel game. We had two games Wednesday night, men and women. It was a bonanza. Both teams went into their matchups undefeated. And Wednesday night, the men unfortunately did take their first loss of the year, losing to Clemson 72-67. to I feel like I got to like wash my mouth out from that. Also, Side note here before I get into the game here, like my eyes legitimately were hurting watching that game because of all of the stupid, ugly, freaking orange. Like, and they put safety vests on their student section. Like, every student was wearing a safety vest, and people are like, oh, like, that's so funny. Like, no, that's stupid. And what it means is that the kids aren't enough well-versed in basketball to know what color to wear. Probably had some some people wearing green. And so they're like, oh, put a safety vest on because it's orange. Stupidest thing I've ever seen. And then the balloons they have in the end zone, stupidest thing I've ever seen. And then the lights from the, whatever you want to call it, the LED displays around the arena flashing when we had the ball, just like they do in football, they just will do whatever they can to cut corners In the upstate. And it just pisses me off. Come look at a real arena. Quality class arena. Like colonial life. Okay. Take lessons from that. End of rant. But nonetheless. This was a hard fought. Close game throughout. And it really was an exciting basketball game. And no matter what time of year. You are playing your rival. It's going to mean something. But. With both teams undefeated going into this matchup and our team trying to take that next step, this game had juice. Like, there was some oomph in this game, and it was exciting from a fan perspective to be so locked in for a game early in the year. Carolina came out hot out the gate. The offense was cooking. We jumped out to a nice lead. The Tigers came back in the first half, and it was a matter of The Gamecocks managing to get through the Clemson runs only to bounce back themselves. And in the first half especially, I thought you saw a really good defensive effort 
really disrupting Clemson. Stephen Clark was playing really well. B.J. Mack and Michi Johnson had strong starts as well. And then halftime comes around. Gamecocks are up seven. And they were really having their way with the Tigers for most of that first half. Second half comes around and Carolina continued to surge. But it was around the 15-minute mark where... I felt they took their foot off the gas. I think they were team was up about 11 points or so, and they slowed down the pace. And I don't know if that's Lamont Paris's call. I don't know if that's Michi Johnson's call, bringing the ball up. I don't know, right? But it felt like they were almost protecting the lead with way too much time to look to go. And what it did was it actually helped Clemson climb back into this thing. And then they were exchanging shots, which ultimately brought the lead to single digits for a while, back and forth. And then the Tigers' offense was really a world different than it was in the first half. Carolina was struggling to out-rebound them. Also, Michi Johnson was quieter than he was in the first half. Shots were just not falling in general from the team. So then with five minutes to go, Clemson took the lead. Carolina struggled to stop their momentum. There were moments where it looked like the Gamecocks were just one big shot away from getting things back on track. It just didn't happen, and the boys lost in a tough one. you know. But the team played hard. They gave the ranked Tigers everything they had. And again, it, it, it kind of makes you think that if this game was at home, that you might win the game. It, it did feel like late in the game... That made the difference there. Colin Murray Boyles, he looked good getting back in action. I can't wait to see him at full strength. You know, he's recovering from that bout of mono. Miles Studi, he's in a little bit of a funk right now. No other way to put it. It happens, but we need to see him get going. He had a couple of good looks in this game. Shots he normally would hit, but he just did not. But, you know, despite this loss and giving up a lead, this is still a good basketball team, y'all. These guys play good, solid defense. The offense can get hot at a moment's notice. Just need a little bit more consistency there, right? I'd like to see a little bit more of post play, but I think with Murray Boyles getting ramped up more, I think that will come. But just keep in mind, this team, like this program, I should say, they won 11 games last year. We're at seven right now. So it sucks to lose to your rival and it sucks to give up a lead like that. But a little bit, little bit of perspective. Like this team is far surpassing where we thought they would be at this point in the year. We have to buckle down now. You got to find a couple more wins this month before conference play starts because then it gets real. But what we've seen this team do, I like what they have. I like what Lamont Paris is doing. They're a deeper team than last year. They can find different ways to score the basketball. Just got to find a little bit more cons consistency. A loss was going to happen. Sucks to have it happen this way. But I think the guys will bounce back and will be just fine. Now the men's next game is Saturday at noon against ECU. This is at their place. The Pirates are 6-3 and three on the year. And my crow to the game here is... Bring consistent offense. Wouldn't you know it? That sputtering that we saw at the end of the Clemson game, that hurt us down the stretch, right? 
The Pirates' defense is a little suspect, and the Gamecocks should be able to put some points up, but you need to do so consistent, consistently throughout the game and get some guys going who were quiet last game. But let's go. Big weekend. Big weekend for basketball. We're a basketball school now. It's exciting. But with that, y'all, that wraps up this episode. Please follow me on social media. Twitter or X is Cox Gamecocks. Instagram is just the name of the show, Cox Talking Gamecocks. And please like, subscribe, and review the podcast. I appreciate all y'all. Go Cox. <laughs>